Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 226 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Coaches. And my special guest is Catherine North. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I am delighted that you can be here with me today. And, you know, I've spoken with Jay Ryan Kent on a previous episode about how he uses tarot with his coaching clients. But I want to explore how coaches can also use tarot for their own personal practices because I believe, you know, whether you're a tarot reader or a coach, a therapist, a healer, we've got to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves first. And tarot can be an excellent tool for that. At least that is my belief. So the first thing I would like to ask you, how did you get introduced to tarot? Well, I came to tarot uh, through the back door, we could say, because I grew up in a very evangelical world. My parents were actually missionaries, so I grew up in the church. We lived overseas, and this was pre-internet. And so my entire world happened within the boundaries of what was considered safe to the evangelical people that I knew. Now, tarot was definitely not safe. It was not okay. It was part of a whole slew of things that might have seemed kind of innocuous to most of, you know, people in the world. But in my world, there were a lot of things that were considered really, really dangerous. Um, they were considered evil. They truly, people believed that they had maybe the devil in them and that it was really dangerous to have any kind of contact with anything of a kind of esoteric nature. So tarot cards growing up um, were beyond the pale. They were terrifying. They were scary. They were dangerous. Um, in fact, we even knew people who wouldn't play with just like plain old playing cards. They wouldn't play, you know, yeah, poker or, or canasta or solitaire or anything because even those cards were considered dangerous. My family was not nearly that strict. My family loved to play cards. But tarot or anything that was considered connecting with kind of the other side or anything, anything that wasn't Jesus, really, was considered very scary and very dangerous. So I didn't even begin using tarot cards until late in my 20s. It's so interesting because I grew up in a very religious household also, but it's Catholic. So it's very different. Catholic religion, you know, they've got all their superstitions too, but my family never had an issue with anything like this. They, they turned a blind eye. They didn't care, you know, so it wasn't something that was seen as taboo. And I think it's super interesting how different religions and belief systems can look at tarot or astrology or these metaphysical tools from either lenses of fear or, you know, maybe a more open mind. So I find that very intriguing. So you came into tarot when you were in your late 20s. And what drew you to tarot? I mean, what happened to get you there? Um, it was a good friend of mine who was really into tarot. And I trusted her. And I knew that she was not dangerous and she was not scary. And she was not inviting, you know, evil spirits into her life or her home. Um, and she was like, oh, my gosh, you've never done this? You, try this. You're going to love it. And sure enough, I loved it. It was like learning a new language. It was like, it was like seeing something that I'd always seen in black and white and watching it bloom into color. 
I just, I loved it. I loved the whole, um, the, the beauty of it. And I loved the rich visual symbolism of it. And I loved the way that it helped me see my world in this framework that was so much more like holistic and, and loving. Um, and yet also really brought a lot of truth and a lot of insight into things. I think tarot is one of the best tools for getting introspective. And mm-hmm. I think that it can absolutely help you to understand yourself a lot better. And for anybody, again, like I said, who's working in tarot or coaching or healing or whatever, understanding ourselves is the first way that we can begin helping other people. So when you mm-hmm. discovered tarot, I mean, did you buy a deck right away? Uh, how did you start working with it on your own? I, I did buy several decks, but to be honest, I couldn't, I, I couldn't access them. It was like, I, it was too dense. The, the mythology, the, the, I tried to read a couple books and it was like, I, it, I don't know. It was like trying to understand a brick wall by like, like licking it. <laughs> like I just, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't understand it. Um, and then when I was living in Portland, um, there was an artist who was at least back then was based in Portland named Kim Kranz. And she has created several decks um, under the, the heading, the wild unknown. Some of you are probably know and love her decks too. And it was her art um, and her decks that really helped me uh, like feel into it in a different way. Um, but actually the deck that I have used the most, the one that was really my entry point into the tarot and the one that I still go back to when I really need guidance is her deck, the animal spirit deck, which, you know, follows traditional tarot, but is, is also sort of its own, its own beast, if you will. Um, but there was something about it that felt so gentle and so loving and I could understand what it was trying to say to me, like, I really felt like the cards were talking to me, kind of like this old friend who really loved me, but also like, didn't care at all about hurting my feelings and would just like, tell it like it is. Um, And so I worked with that deck for years before I branched out and kind of came back to the more traditional tarot. And um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not an expert by any means at all. I'm kind of worried that I'm going to say the wrong thing. <laughs> I'll make some kind of gap here, but I know, I know you, Teresa, I know you got me. Um, but for me, tarot really has been a, a tool that has let me learn to trust my own intuition. You know, so as a new coach, I had all these tools. I had all these like, you know, exercises that I wanted to take people through um, and I think probably being coached by me back then was a little bit, you could hear the checklist, you know, that I was checking off because I wanted to do a good job. But the more I coached, the more I discovered that I had this huge well of intuition and empathy, which is something that I'd always had, but I really had to learn how to use it in a way that was helpful to both me and my clients because growing up very empathic and very intuitive, but not knowing what I was doing, not having language for that, again, coming from this evangelical background where it was either good and angelic or terrible and evil, I really had no framework even to work with my own intuition. And so I would discover that as I was talking to someone, sometimes I would like see an image that would just sort of float up into my mind's eye. Or sometimes I would feel a really strong sensation, like I'd feel like a sharp stabbing feeling in my chest. And sometimes I'd be like, just just check in with your chest, what's going on? And, and, you know, 
Sometimes they would be like nothing, but often they would be like, oh, feels like I can't breathe. And then that would give us kind of an access point into what was happening with them right then. And so, you know, there was that aspect of me that was learning to become a better coach, to bring my own intuition and empathy into my sessions while still staying a clear channel. Um, and actually the tarot has been one of the most powerful tools to help me do that. And I don't pull cards for my clients. Um, if we were in person or at a retreat, I might do it sometime, you know, at night for fun. But in terms of my formal structured coaching, I don't pull tarot cards. That feels like something that is that is like not mine to do in a way that I don't really know how to explain. But what I do is I use tarot all the time for myself. And I've come up with some energetic practices that I do over the years to really clear my energy before I step into a session with a client. Um, I, you know, I do some releasing, I bring in light, I ground myself into the earth, and I really deliberately clear my mind and my body and my energy field of anything that is not, that is not for this person, for this session. Um, and one of the best ways I've found to help me kind of clear that before I do that, that sort of brief energy work is to do a tarot reading for myself and just get a sense of like, what is going on here? What's present for me? And it's almost like when I look at it and when I engage with it and I get a little bit of insight, that helps me to be like, okay, this is what I have going on. This is what I'm bringing to the table. Great. Now I'm going to put that away. I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to really clear myself and I'm going to step into this space with this beloved human being. That's really interesting because I do similar similar things like that before I work with the client. Because you never want to bring you to the table. Whether, again, you're a tarot reader, coach, or whatever, you can't bring you. Otherwise, you risk projecting or giving somebody tainted uh, advice or guidance. So that's so interesting you said that. There's a, two other things I, I want to mention. Uh, the Wild Unknown Tarot, I think, opened up a whole generation of people to tarot. Because that mm. deck, when it came out... I mean, suddenly it seemed like it was everywhere and everyone was using it. And it really brought tarot, I think, to, again, a whole new audience. So I really appreciate what that artist has been able to do for tarot. And the other thing you mentioned about, you know, your empathy and about tarot helping you really tap into your intuition. So I do want to talk about that because, you know, I've always I grew up with a psychic mother. I've always had mm. psychic and intuitive experiences. For us, it was nothing that was outside of the norm. And so what I'd like to ask you, although I want to say real quickly too, tarot helped it to get stronger. And so for you, you grew up obviously very different, even though there's a similarity. Um, were, did you have trouble trusting your intuition because of your upbringing? And in what ways did tarot really help to open that up? Mm. I had so much trouble trusting my own intuition, so much trouble. I think I grew up, this was accidental. No one in my life, especially not my parents, you know, wanted this to happen. But I think I grew up truly believing that if it felt good and true and right to me, it must be wrong. <laughs> and if it felt terrible and awful and constricting and like it was hurting me, it was probably right. It was probably God's will. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, that was accidental. No one in, you know, none of the wonderful people, none of the wonderful people in my life meant for that to happen, to be very clear. But that was something that I kind of took away. And so 
it, I didn't know how, not only did I not trust my own internal guidance, I actively distrusted it. I was taught to disbelieve it, right? That, that if it felt good, if it felt right, it was probably definitely very dangerous, very evil, very wrong. So it has really been such a journey to come to trust my own intuition, to trust my body, to trust my own knowing about what is right and true, and to trust that I have the right to determine that for myself. Um, and this, you know, as you know, Teresa, this has been a lifelong process for me, and it's something I've really wrestled with for years, so much so that I wrote a whole book about it um, called Holy Heathen, really trying to come to understand who am I and what does it mean to be human? And am I allowed to say what I believe? And it is a funny thing being a coach because on the one hand, I want to be this really clear channel and not bring my own stuff. But I am also a human, a person with my own experiences. And, and part of the way that I work with my, my clients and my readers is by telling my stories. So one of the things that Tarot did for me was it kept affirming again and again that what I thought was happening or might be useful in a situation was actually true. And it was almost like I was running this series of highly unscientific experiments where, you know, I would, I would, I would bring up a situation that I was feeling confused in and I would, you know, I would do a spread and I would often get the same card over and over and over in the beginning, especially I think because I wasn't listening. Right. And so it was be like, oh my God, how many times we have to tell you the same thing? Like, all right, here's the same darn card again. (laughs) And and it was like, I had to, I had to kind of be a little bit of a researcher about it. And I had to keep, but again and again, I would get the same, the same message, the same card would show up. And after a while, I finally was like, all right, let me try this. Let me, let me go with this. Let me, wh- what if this could be guidance that might be helpful for me? I couldn't quite believe it, but I could experiment. I could, tr- I could like see what would happen if I did. And lo and behold, guess what? It was really helpful, useful guidance for me in my life. And and so it helped me. It both gave me insight, but it also helped me trust that some of the things that I thought and felt and wondered were not totally off base. They actually were, were kind of insightful and kind of true and often helpful. You know, one of the things I find, well, a few things I find with tarot, I think tarot helps us to tap into our intuition and our empathy but it also helps us to feel compassion for ourselves. Mm. And that same with meditation. I feel meditation, you get inside yourself, you really start figuring out what makes you tick, you start to forgive yourself, you start to, you know, really get clear on who you are and where you need healing. And I think when we have that kind of introspection, again, it allows us to develop compassion for ourselves. So we can show up for other people with a lot more compassion. So I think it's a great tool, not just for intuition, but also really to develop that. And I think a lot of people need to develop that, especially if we are working with other people. You need to be able to understand yourself so you can maybe understand what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's so, just my theory. So do, agree more. how do you think coaches like yourself can benefit for working with tarot on their own? I'm not talking about working with it with clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first task for us is to do our own work, right? Like 
you you can you can only be as good of a coach as you can be a person to and for yourself. And so there's no like there's no pretending, right? You can't like if you put up a front and you try to show up as a coach, it, they're going to see through it and you're going to mess up and it's going to be embarrassing. And so I think truly the number one thing we can do is to do our own work. And so for me, I don't I don't I don't use the cards every single day, but I probably do more days than I don't. And it is really this thing that um, that grounds me, and it also helps me get a sense of of what's going on. And I do sometimes pull for my clients, like not as part of our session, but just for myself to get a sense of what is going on. And I don't do really specific readings, but often what I'll find is like, oh, this is all water. Like every single card is a cups, and that's really useful for me to know. Like, oh, okay, this is something that's primarily happening in the emotional realm, or maybe I think that it's like a mental block that they have, but then I I'll do a spread and it's like, it's all pentacles. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is a a denser situation. There's more matter involved here. This is like a much more, uh, it's going to take some more muscle. And so that can be really, really useful to kind of give that kind of context or just to give kind of a felt sense of what's happening. But I do think that that the best thing we can do as any kind of practitioner is to do our own work, take care of ourselves, work our own muscles so that we're we're strong, um, and then also really deliberately clear the channel and clear the energy so that we can then like leave behind everything we've learned, everything we know, leave behind all those great exercises that you learned in coach training, and just show up, right, and be as fluid and responsive as you can. And so that, so that you are available when that intuitive hit pops up or when they're saying something and you're like, you're saying this, but I, I, I feel like that's not really true. Or I feel like there's something else going on and just, just lean into that. Right. And, and then use the tools and be respectful and let them say, actually, no, that doesn't feel right to me. And then be like, great. Right. Your, your client's truth always trumps my, or, you know, my client's truth always trumps my intuition, right? If I think something and I check it out with them and they're like, naturally, I, I, that's not, that doesn't feel true to me at all. They're always right. They always know. Um, so I see my, my intuition and my own work and everything I bring to the table as something that is there to get me ready. And then the best coaching I can do is to let it all go and just show up and be of service to them in that moment. That is so beautiful and so healthy. It's so healthy because I think anytime you're in work where you're dealing with people, um, it can be very draining for you. But if you're taking care of yourself and creating those energetic boundaries and clearing energy, you're going to continue to show up as the best version of you and to do really amazing work for other people. So I love the way you work with Tara. I love the way you frame it. It's just beautiful. I feel so grateful. I, I, it's sort of sad to me that for so many years, I didn't get to access this really rich portal into such a beautiful world. And, and like you said, it does give me compassion, right? This idea mm-hmm. that like there's not good parts and bad parts um, and that we don't like just arrive somewhere, that we're always on this journey and it just keeps cycling through. I, I think it's so beautiful and it definitely informs so much of how I see the world for myself and how I see my clients. I love that. Now you mentioned you wrote a book called Holy Heathen and I have a copy of the book. It's amazing. 
Can you tell people a little bit more about the book? Yeah. Yeah. So I was this little kid growing up with these wonderful, loving missionaries who all loved Jesus so much. And I had this terrible, terrible, deep knowing, which was, I was not one of Jesus's little lambs. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. And it was awful because I was terrified of going to hell and hell to me was a very literal physical place. Um, And so I kept this terrible secret and beside myself as a child where I could tell that there was something wrong with me and I wasn't like the people who I grew up with, even though I loved them and I knew that they loved me. And then, you know, I made a a bunch of really terrible, terrible errors in judgment, (laughs) which make for some pretty good reading. I got married really young because that's what you were supposed to do if you were a good Christian. Um, I was a part of a church. I subjugated all my own needs and desires and truths until I almost broke myself. Well, I, I did break myself. And then I blew up my life in a hugely messy and dramatic way. And the truth is that all of those messes that I made really were me trying to find my way on this journey, right? I, I was the fool again and again and again and again. <laughs> and I had to keep going back to that basic starting point. But at every step, I was trying to find my way to a truth and an understanding that were deeper, something that wasn't just handed to me. Because as much as I tried to and I wanted to, I could not believe the things that were handed to me. But I believed in something. I could feel something. I didn't believe. I tried on atheism. like I tried on all the religions. And I, I couldn't believe it. It didn't feel true to me. It didn't feel true to me that we were just walking around in this void and, and none of it really mattered. I could feel something out there, but I didn't know what to call it. It didn't feel like the God or the Jesus archetypes that I had grown up with. And so I really had to come up with my own my own faith, my own mysticism. I call it being a heathen mystic, which is something I just made up. And it is very real to me, and it is very deep and very sustaining. And it's funny because I have become kind of this very deeply spiritual person. I write a missive every week on a Saturday and someone once said to me, don't you think it's funny that you grew up with all these like pastor types and you basically preach a sermon every Saturday? And I was like, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I I was, it was so big for me and I really wish that I could read a book about someone else who grew up evangelical and was trying to find something different and there was no book. So I wrote it. And it's called Holy Heathen, and I would love for you to read it. You can buy it anywhere you can buy books online. It's an amazing book. And also, your story and mine are so similar. Because Mm -hmm. I also, I remember being very young in that very religious household. And I was just telling somebody on a podcast the other day, uh, at four years old, I was in church once. And I just remember sitting there and not saying what everyone else was saying. Because, you know, Catholics, there's all these prayers that we all do together. And I just Mm -hmm. got really quiet, and I was listening to people talk and do the prayer. And I remember thinking in my little four-year-old mind, they sound like robots and I don't want to be a robot. And so I started really feeling super rebellious, but I wasn't able to do anything at four years old. It wasn't until much later that I made my disconnect with that. There's still things I appreciate about the upbringing with that, Mm -hmm. you know, going to church. And I still like going to a church and looking at the art. I appreciate that. But I never felt like a religious person. I don't like dogma. uh, I'm not going to conforming. And like you, I blew up my life too. At an early age, I blew it all the way up. And that is what led to this becoming 
my career and my version of spirituality, I like to say I'm nice to all the gods just in case, but I'm not <laughs> committed to any one of them. And I am a very deeply spiritual, mystical person in tarot. Mm -hmm. And also my yoga practice um, have really helped me to connect with that. So I just love your story because I nod my head. It's like we're different people. There's some differences, but I mm -hmm. also know about going on that fool's journey and blowing things up like the tower <laughs> and then coming back full circle like the world. I mean, that mm -hmm. really is the story. Your book is very much like the tarot journey of the major arcana. So for people who are listening, you definitely want to check it out. You're going to love it. Um, and you're going to love everything else that Catherine does so Catherine if people oh. want to work with you if they want to get to know you where mm. can they find you they can find me at my website declaredominion.com you can also just google my name Catherine North with a k um, and CatherineNorth.com will also take you to me but yeah come find me declare dominion is also my handle on all the platforms instagram is where i'm most active but declaredominion.com will will bring us together i can't wait well, Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey, and I just love the way that you look at tarot and work with it. Thank you very much for being with me here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute delight, as always. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And, of course, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons. I've got lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts. Lots of other good things for you to scope out. I hope you enjoy them. And I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you are enjoying the podcast, you know what I want you to do. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that will help more tarot-curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>